it's just a uh, matter of uh, sort of swapping some kind of energy uh, between me and the subject. And and sometimes the, uh, there is a very limited time for it. That could be a, a, a two, three seconds in terms of street photography. It could be a bit more when it comes to portrait work. But it is always for me a crucial to create some kind of relationship. So just to give you an example, if I, if I have This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today, folks, today we're going to talk about some of the coolest work that is out there. There is a photographer. He goes by the name of Wander Black, based in London, and he's done portraits. He's done concert work. He's done landscape. There is so much cool work here that I am just genuinely impressed. Majority of it's in black and white, which speaks to my own heart. There's some color in there, too, but this is going to be an opportunity to really get into the heart of someone whose work is magnificent and enviable and just like I said before, I'm going to use a technical term here, it's just cool. Wander Black, how are you doing today? How's life over in London? Uh, good morning and good evening, everyone. Depends where you are. The, the life is great here, as always, is in London. We have a beautiful weather. I mean, uh, we have a lot of rain uh, and a great temperature. So everything is as, as, as expected in London. Wow, very cool. I, I mean, Wanda, I got to tell you, this work is just really impressive. I'm going through here and, you know, one of the litmus tests I have is I wish I was the shooter. You know, I look at a shot and, and not only does it speak to me artistically, but there's that little twinge of envy in there, too. And I feel that with your work. Let, let, let's start with, with your concert work. You've worked with Radiohead. You've worked with all sorts of bands. There's some great images there on your website as, as well as on your Instagram page and the Facebook page. Uh, and I should tell everyone, it's, it's wanderblack.com, W-A-N-D-E-R-B-L-A-C-K.com. But tell me about, let's just start with the, with the music. Let's just start with the concert stuff. How in the world did you get so close to so many, you know, name artists and really make this work sing in black and white? I mean, uh, I should say that the reason, the only reasons why I started photography really in the first place was music. I always wanted to play with Radiohead. I always wanted to uh, be a musician, uh, uh-huh. but somehow I have no talent. So, uh, the easiest way to approach that was that uh, I have to find the angle uh, to find access to the musicians I want to be, or you might say, hang around, uh, hang around with. And luckily enough, one of my relatives uh, was a music journalist, so he introduced me to uh, to music. And uh, at the age of eleven, my first concert ever <laughs> was Beastie Boys. Oh my! Okay, at age at age eleven, I love it. Did you have a camera with you? Uh, no, at that point, <laughs> I, I didn't even have a clue how to use a camera. Uh-huh. Uh, and actually, that probably could be set for another seven years. Oh, my. And were, were you trying to be a musician this whole time? Uh, no, I was trying to always find a way. But uh, at the end, I probably cr- create too much annoyance to my, my colleagues and, and my family. So I, I decided <laughs> that uh, I have to make a choice. So the choice was to put all the instruments down. Uh, and they were not even professional instruments, so they were making even worse noise. And decided to look at different different angle. And lucky moment was uh, in uh, 1999, uh, I believe so, uh, when uh, I had a chance to go to a music festival. And uh, 
Well, I would say photograph, but the outcome was was a disastrous. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I did have a chance to photograph uh, Ice T. Not sure if everyone is uh, knows Ice T. And he was uh, always a big boy, I have to say. And uh, it was my first access to to his music as well. Unfortunately, probably for for good reasons, but the negatives are lost now. And but there was nothing on those negatives I, I should regret, really. <laughs> oh my! And 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 so did that just get you, you know, thrilled? Did that turn you on to concert photography, or tell tell me the next step? Oh, I mean. Uh, it, it, it was an amazing period because uh, I was I was still very young uh, back then, and uh, the, those days getting access to to big uh, names was not that difficult. Uh, you you could easily find a way to photograph Depeche Mode or, or Radiohead or different names because there was much less photographers back then, and uh, and there was also the the social media didn't exist at that point, so. It was much easier. So I actually continued taking photographs as a, as a complete amateur for another two years. And at that point, I, I started to, to understand photography uh, and understand that, of course, back then, we were, we were shooting everything analog. And I decided to approach one of the press agencies, uh, offer them my, my service for free. Uh, and to my, to, my surpri- to, to my surprise, they say, well, we we more than happy to to use your work, but we will pay for work. And uh, one of the first commission was actually Radiohead, and there is a bit there is a story behind it really because uh, that concert was on 11 September 2001, and as we know, that was uh, a quite significant day uh, for lots of people uh-huh. in, the, in the world. Yep. And the concert was happened. It was in Berlin, and when we travel. Uh, the borders were closed as I was coming from a different country. We we got the news that the concert will be cancelled because of the situation of the of the of the recent event in New York. Uh, however, at the end we got to the to the uh, venue and this was an open space amphitheater in Berlin, and they decided to go ahead with the concert because just to sort of uh, in a way to pay respect to to those who sadly died in New York at that point. And there was the right weather for this kind of concert. It was, the, 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 I don't think I've ever experienced as a photographer such a heavy rain in my whole life. So for the whole concert, there was a heavy rain on this concert. And uh, yeah, that was my first commission. So from then on, things become a bit easier to, regarding my work. That, that, that is, that's a moving, fascinating story. I didn't know that. The, the actual, the, the technique, the technique of photographing concerts, you know, a lot of us can stand down in the pit, you know, two or three rows back, and, and you've got a lot of shots from there, but you got some shots on stage, you got some other stuff too. Tell me what makes a good concert photograph. I'm looking at the one right now, um, I don't know the band, but it's two guys sort of screaming at the camera, one's got a trombone, one's got a trumpet. What, what band is that, by the way? Uh, that is a Spanish band called La Pegatina. It's a it's a very popular band in Spain, not that popular worldwide. But uh, the Spanish people are crazy about them, and uh, that photograph uh, was taken in London, uh, in, a, in a pretty small venue. I mean, uh, probably around two thousand people, uh, where ninety nine percent of the people, to 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 my knowledge, were Spanish speaking uh, audience. What I would say, what in my opinion makes a good concert f- photograph, is is to come as close as possible. In terms of if I could photograph everything with 
16, 20, 28 or 35 mil, that would be my ideal, to get in, inside of, of, the, of the moment, of the heat. Mm-hmm. And so you, what, what you're looking for are those moments of energy and expression and all that. But, you know, again, just sort of at the technical level, if you're in the audience of a concert, you got a lot of lights coming right at you. And so how are you getting light on these people? How are you getting these moments, these facial expressions when, when there's so much of a photographic, just technical challenge? Uh, I mean, in my opinion, it's all about the moment. So you do wait for those moments and they don't happen all the time. And, they, mm-hmm. and, and there, there could be a situations that you will never come across such a, such a moment. But if you are patient, and I think that is the word I will always uh, use when it comes to a good photography, uh, that kind of photography, I would say you will, you, you will wait, you, you will get that moment. Oh man. Tell me about this picture of the orchestra with, with the conductor there and his tuxedo and, and the whole orchestra behind him. What's going on there? I mean, this was a concert which was uh, in a in a beautiful venue uh, in a Canterbury Cathedral in UK, and and this is the moment. Uh, this is the end of the concert where he was basically saying so, saying thank you to everyone. Uh, okay. But be- because of of uh, his career achievements, uh, every single member, I believe, of the orchestra had a huge respect for him. So, in a way, they they were looking at him as someone who they appreciate and respect so much. And I think, I hope I captured that, but that was the whole aim of, of, of that moment really for me. But, uh, and what is also important with photography for me when it comes to this, it's very important that even in a, in a sort of short space of time, I managed to create some kind of bond with the musicians, even if this is a question of eye contact for five seconds, because that helps uh, through the process of creating even stronger bond and get the get the trust. You know, I'm I'm glad you said that because you say this on your website, you've said it a number of times that you really do believe in a kind of relationship between photographer and subject. That that you are looking for a kind of bond that will allow them or inspire them to be somehow more expressive or your images to be a little bit more direct and honest. Tell me about that bond. What what do you really mean by that? And how do you achieve that with someone? I'm not sure if if I can explain how do I achieve that. It's just a matter of sort of swapping some kind of energy uh, between me and the subject, and and sometimes the, uh, there is a very limited time for it. That could be a, a a two three seconds in terms of street photography. It could be a bit more when it comes to portrait work. But it is always for me a crucial to create some kind of relationship. So just to give you an example, if I if I have an hour for a portrait session, it may be that in the first five minutes there is such a good exchange of energy that the trust is already there, but it may take 50 minutes. And if that is the case, I only be, I only will be taking pictures for 10 minutes. So I don't think I have a formula. I think it comes mostly from, from respect uh, uh, and listening more than anything else, because uh, most of the time, the people I meet, let's say during the portrait session, they are people which actually have have something to say and they want to share that. And I've learned it very early that uh, uh, you are, you, you, when I'm coming to that space, 
it's I am the listener, I am the obser- observer. So if I go to a concert, coming back to that, I am there to observe. I'm not there to to be in any way in the focus of anything. I'm there to observe. Uh, of course, it's it, it become a bit more difficult because with concerts, you uh, you very often may only have three songs, so uh, you have to you have to judge the moment. Uh, right. But still, I'm trying to be quiet and and not to be too much visible, if possible, at the beginning. We we should probably explain that that three song rule. I didn't know if if you had that over in Europe or not either. Those of you that have not done concert photography, oftentimes photographers are told you can only photograph for the first three songs and then you've got to back up. And I think that has to do with makeup and has to do with, you know, other stuff and how they want to be presented. But those three songs can be absolutely crucial. I want to go back to your website where you say Wander Black uses photography to, to delve deep into a person's psyche, their personal stories, demon struggles, and how they perceive the world. That's a hell of a challenge. Um, how do you know when you've got it right? I think I never know if I got right in that terms until I show those photographs with, uh, uh, with the person which I photographed uh, mm-hmm. or until I share with others who may be close to that person. What I do know after that is that I, I know if I've captured what I wanted to capture, but I never know if this is just my imagination, my way of projecting that person, or is, it, is, is, the, the, is that, the, the, that the, who they are. So again, I, I don't think I, I ever know until, until I receive a feedback from, a, from the subject. Oh, that I mean, I, I love the fact that that what you're waiting for is the feedback for the, for the subject to say, yes, you got it right. But you have a style, you have a voice that is identifiable that, I mean, I, I think now, you know, having, you know, gone through your work for some time, I would be able to pick out and say, oh yeah, th- this is Wander Black's, you know, work here. How, how does your own voice match or, or complement what the other people want to say? You, you say other people, you know, they, they have something to say. And, and you're there just to, as the observer. But you haven't got the camera just set on automatic and taking snapshots of whatever they're giving you. I mean, you, you are interpreting what they've got to say into your own style. Do, do you ever find a conflict there? Do you ever find your style and what you want to say doesn't quite match what other people want you to take a picture of? No, I don't find a conflict. Uh, and the reason why I don't find a conflict is that I come uh, with a very open mind and, and uh, I'm just a listener and observer. So if this is what that person wants to show, then uh, I follow until I find out that actually that that is just for the camera. So when, when, when I manage to get to the point when I can feel that the subject is, is projecting something because that's what they want to project to media or whatever the situation is, then I'm trying to break it this through in a way of, of pushing the boundaries a bit towards the, uh, the honesty. But at the beginning, I let the subject to, to show and to say and to act because that sometimes comes to, comes to acting the way they want it because that put them at ease. And if that means that the first 30 minutes or 45 minutes of that session is, it's, it's wasted photographically, it's actually not wasted because the bond is created and then I can reverse the situation to my own needs. But I think what I would like to mention here, which is something which I've done for at least 12 years now, if not longer, whenever I get any commissions by magazines or anything, I always have one condition, and the condition is that my work, my, the outcome of that work needs to be accepted by the subject. So 
the subject always receives my photographs first before anyone else. And if for whatever reason they are not happy with them, they will not ever be used anywhere. And then very often they are just deleted. Oh, that, that, is, that is impressive. That, that's a nice voice of integrity there. I like that. We're going to switch over to portraits and then to a, a project you've got going on here in just a second. But before we do, why black and white? Uh, I think it started with, without really much concept. It started from the fact that uh, when I started photography, black and white was something I could develop myself. Uh, uh-huh. So it was strictly economical uh, reason. Uh, but then I started to sort of experiment with, uh, you know, pushing some films to, to extremes, playing with different developers, things like uh, like that. So it, it just, it was kind of naturally, but in a way, it formed my way of seeing things. And when I try to shift in a way to uh, color photography, when I say shift, of course I do color photography, but when I try to shift and, and sort of maybe shoot mainly in, in color, I found that this very destructive to, to perceiving the subject, especially in portraits. That's probably why I'm, I'm, I'm sort of uh, creating most of my work in black and white. And uh, there are a few subjects, a few places where I know that, uh, uh, which I would, I, I would talk about this in a moment, but uh, where I know that the black and white will fail. But most of the time, it just allows m- sort of my brain to focus on, on, on the subject, uh, whatever that is. Um, and that's probably why I'm, I'm, I'm keeping uh, using black and white most of the time. Oh, very cool. But now, now I've got to ask, because that's a really um, tempting idea. How, when does black and white fail? Black and white fail in place which is very close to my heart. And uh, there's no explanation why it's cl- very close to my heart. However, during my trip, I just... Uh, Third, it is a, it's a place where I partially belong. It's Cuba. And in Cuba, the black and white photography just discard too many informations about, about the place. Uh, and I, and when I say Cuba, I don't mean necessarily about, I'm not that kind of photographer who is looking for uh, images which may be a pleasant, pleasant to eye and, and in a commercial way sort of being easy to sell. I'm rather opposite in, in this way, but still, it's just impossible to go to some places. Like, to give you an example, I, I had a chance to access, uh, run by state, a retirement house for older people, which is not common to get access to these places. And the objects, everything, the, the, the colors had so many information about the age and about the, the history of it. I mean, lack of colors in some terms and things like that. But, uh, and I'm going back then in March, I definitely will shoot most of the things color. Uh, you know, I think those, cho- those choices are essential. Do you make those choices in post-production or do you, do you actually shoot in black and white when you're doing black and white? So these days I, I kind of, uh, try, uh, starting to shoot much more analog again. Uh, that's really? how I started, but then, uh, I shifted to ana- to digital, and now I'm back to analog. Uh, so I would say all my personal projects are shot analog. All my commercial work depends on the times kind of thing. Uh, I would try to, but I would say at the moment it's 50-50. Uh, so if it's analog, it's black and white. If it's digital, then it will be color and will be uh, uh, the, it will be converted to black and white in post-production. Let's take just a quick break. 
We hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. Oh, very cool. Okay, let's shift over to portraits for a second. Um, I I am a great fan of your portraiture. There is a, there's a lot of depth to all of these images. A lot of them are moody headshots. A lot of them are not. Tell me about getting started in portraiture and everybody, I hope you're looking at the website because there's some here we're going to be talking about in a second. Concerts, dynamic, energetic, portraits, well, they're not all that dynamic and energetic. How did you wind up doing both? Um, it just started with the, with the agency I started to work with. And after doing some concert work, they asked me if I, if I would be interested to photograph some of those artists, musicians, or people from around the sort of art world uh, when they come uh, sort of do a portrait. And I said, why not? And uh, I think initially I was very much into music photography, but then year or two after, I kind of realized that I want to go a bit deeper into photography and portraiture always was and still is actually for me a deeper level of photography because it's a, it's usually a very short period of time of, of again creating the bond but also of understanding or at least trying to understand the, the inside of that person and and if we're talking about let's say you know people which been in the sort of celebrity world for 20 30 years they've got they've got mechanism what they want to show how they want to present themselves so i like the challenge i like the challenge of trying to break down uh, what the layers of that person and i can say now that if i had to choose one type of photography that would be portraiture oh really Okay. You're, I mean, you're working with A-list people here. This is not just, you know, your, your standard, you know, corporate work or wedding work, whatever. These are celebrities. These are heavy hitters all the way through here. Looking at your website, is there a favorite? Is, is there a story behind one of these that is, is special to you? There's, there's one person which actually I had a, a huge pleasure to follow for, for some time. Uh, and he, he was a professor of, of sociology. He is very important to to my career in terms of of understanding uh, a human nature, human behavior. But it goes much further than that. It actually uh, helped me to understand the way how I want to how I want to be in my life, how I want to behave in terms of surroundings, in in terms of people around me. Either those ones which I meet just once, or those ones which are my friends. I would say that definitely is the most important person I've met through my photography career. Sadly, he's not with us anymore, but his work is. So, uh, in a way, he is. He, he is, and he always will be with me for sure. Well, now this is the, this is the image of him sitting in the chair with the pipe in the ashtray and the grapes up front and the books in the background, right? That's correct. Yes. Okay, everybody, you got to go to the shot. T- tell me the story of this picture. You know, tell me about the, the whole shoot. Tell me how this one came to be. Uh, that came, This I was uh, just about to start a project which was related to people involving in culture in London, but with uh, 
with a certain background. And he was on the list of the people I should photograph. I had no idea who he is and no idea about any of his achievement. And I'm usually trying not to do research, too much research, before I go and meet a person because that kind of let me to, uh, allow me to uh, not treat them uh, in any kind of uh, biased way of, or even imagine that they, they are too special, they are celebrities. I don't, I don't go that direction. So I just went to visit him 200 miles from London in Leeds. And uh, he, he was uh, uh, very happy to see me and from the beginning very thankful for me coming all the way from London. And he invited me to his... Uh, uh, a very modest house. The, the living room, which we see on the picture, is actually part of his modest house, uh, in which he lived for, I would say, if I remember correctly, more than 40 years. And the first thing he offered me was was a drink because he was very well known for being very, very welcoming to people and always offering them quite strong drinks. Uh, <laughs> and we had a conversation for 10 minutes and then... Uh, all of a sudden, he actually apologized that he will only be able to spend another 50 minutes with me because he has to go to a hospital where uh, his uh, partner, with whom he was uh, married for 45, if not longer, years, is unfortunately wa- waiting for some for some set uh, uh, information. So, and at that moment, he just becomes silent, and I. I just used that moment of, of capturing him. And I, I, I would say he probably stayed in that, 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 that moment, that zone for like five, 10 minutes. And that oh, was everything my. I needed from that period. And I left after that, but uh, we lost contact for a year due to, due to his personal situation. And then when I reconnect with him, then we, we spent quite a lot of time together. But what I was uh, always overwhelmed uh, visiting him, it's that, uh, he was a very renewed and well-known sociologist, but his way of living and way, way of perceiving what is and what is not important was very simple, but very close to what I was hoping to achieve one day in my life. And I would never achieve, of course, what he achieved in that terms of understanding. But uh, as we can see from that picture, this is the house he moved 45 years earlier than that picture. Uh, and uh, it doesn't mean that he had no means to do something about it, but there are still bricks. There are still uh, <laughs> surfaces we were never painted. Yep. But at the same time, he could paint, he could uh, fill up every single room with the books. Yeah, the, the brick bookshelves are lovely in, in, in the detail here. This is one of those sort of polyphonic, multi-textured images that you can just spend hours teasing the details out of. It's, it's really fantastic work. And what you got just in terms of the framing, what you got in terms of his expression, this, this is work very, very well done. Tell me about one of the others, any of the others that you've got here on your website. Tell, tell me what is one of your favorites. I don't think I have uh, any other favorite in terms of emotional connection. I mm-hmm. mean, every image has some kind of story. And uh, for me, always uh, the word which I don't really like to use, but the, the biggest benefit of those moments is not the, the photographs, is not the, the, the potential commission, is that is those moments I spend with those people. And uh, somehow through my career, I never actually came across anyone who I would not like to see again. 
Oh, very cool. I like that. You know, as you go through these images, you've got remarkable expressions on everybody's faces, just scrolling past Liam Neeson here. But tell me about the woman at the very end with the hands up in front of her face. You've got sort of a pinhole effect going on with this shot. This is the one that's not like the others. So tell me the story of this one. Um. The story of that is probably not that remarkable, really, but uh, <laughs> uh, which maybe that makes it remarkable. But uh, it was an image which I took, and I do often do that. Uh, I took uh, probably around three o'clock in the morning, as I do last night photography in terms of wandering through the night. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it's actually a friend of mine. But uh, it, it was a moment when she she was going for a, for a, for a tough period and she didn't share this with anyone. And somehow, when I took out the camera, uh, she kind of broke into tears. So, and I've captured this and I kept that for a very, very long time without showing her or showing anyone else until actually she, she was in a, in a better moment and she, she absolutely loved that, loved that picture. So only then I decided to share that picture. So in a way, it's, uh, it was a very emotional moment, but there's no, there's no much story behind it in terms of... Uh, yeah, terms oh, I think of that's content. a great story. I think that's a fantastic story. Um, you know, n- not every portrait we take is going to be an A-list celebrity. Sometimes it is our friends in a moment of honesty. And those pictures can speak just as loudly and just as clearly. Everyone, I, I have not mentioned the Instagram account yet. I want to draw your attention to that. It's Instagram.com slash Wanders period black. Some marvelous work there. One of my favorites of yours is the guy uh, in the glasses with the beard and and the woman with blonde hair has got her arms up around behind his neck. Um, They're either about to share a kiss or they've just shared one. Great dynamic moment there. But there is an image right here on the Instagram page, which leads me into the next thing I want to ask you about. The image is a woman holding a piece of fabric uh, above her head in the wind on the shore. And this is one of the images from your new project. Tell us what's going on. What are you working on? Oh, that's it's actually old and uh, old and new project at the same time. It's probably, uh, it's definitely the, the, the most personal project to me. Uh, it's a collaboration between a close friend of mine, Ladio Bodic, uh, who is a poet, and uh, uh, my photography. And poems and photographs, fo- photographs using that uh, project are work of mine, his life, really. It's uh, uh, the, the, the first ones probably are 20, maybe 25 years old. Um, okay. It's a project we started at the beginning of pandemic. We thought that because we, we always wanted to do something together, it's a, it's a right time to do it. Uh, and we were hoping that we can publish the book, very sort of low print, maybe 100 copies, uh, and share it with our friends and achieve something during the period which was difficult for to everyone. And we were hoping in three months' time everything would be done and dusted. Uh, the book, two years later, is still not printed. However, we're very close to do that. Uh, it's just because we realized at some point that this is uh, a project which is too close to our hearts. Therefore, we have to really spend time and consider which images and which poems we want to include. And this opened up lots of other conversations. Uh, so that image is taken from a trailer, a small trailer we, we created for that book, uh, which uh, uh, will be published in uh, March next year. And this is a friend of ours who 
participate in that uh, project. And uh, in a way, that image, uh, it's sort of reflecting the the content of the book in some ways. We wanted to create through the trailer, through a small teaser, uh, we wanted to create a mood. We wanted to bring the uh, people which may be interested in the book into certain a mood of that book. We didn't want to create anything which is so literal. And the the different layers and, 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 the, and the sort of movement, but at the same time, the stillness, it's, it's something which very much co- correlates to, to the content of the book. So yes, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a latest project of my, of ours and, uh, probably the most difficult project because, because it's a two personal project at the same time. But, uh, we, we, we had a great journey and we, 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 we're almost there. Well, the, the project is called Foreign Places and it's a collaboration between you and NA Poet. And, and you're not, you know, illustrating, the poems aren't illustri- or illuminating the photography. The photography is not, you know, illustrating the poetry. You know, it, it's a duet. It, it's a kind of harmony thing going on. What, what is the benefit of putting poems up next to images? Well, you know, why that pairing? Initially, that was just, uh, uh, th- there was no, we were not thinking from the point of benefit uh, initially. We just wanted to do something together. And until we shared that idea with others, and it was amazing how, uh, how a reaction to reading a poem, let's say, uh, by looking at a photograph or maybe just seeing a bit of that photograph was increasing the the emotional value of that poem and vice versa. Somehow we, we just see that that connection, it, it, it is, um, it is increasing the attention to the details as well. Uh, I, I mean, there's, there's, uh, we, we did some sort of experiment as well. And uh, what is interesting is that sometimes people read the poem and don't look at the photograph go to the next page, but then they come back to the photograph because <laughs> something tricks in their mind and say like, hold on, th- there was a sentence, there was a, there was a moment and then they connect. I think it just, uh, if it's done nicely, which I hope, uh, which that's what we hope for, it, it just uh, allows imagination to, to, to flow a bit more. And, and uh, in general, I am, uh, I'm a big fan of, of a slow, if possible. And that comes to photography, to the way, how I take photographs, how I perceive things. Uh, and I think that the poetry, it works on the same level most of the time. So it just feels good, I would say. And uh, if it does feel good to another person, another two, we'll be very happy. But if there's 40 people, then we will definitely feel that we achieved something. <laughs> <laughs> that that is fantastic, Wander Black. You're going back to Cuba. You said you got the book coming out. What else are you working on now? Unfortunately, I'm working on too many things, and uh, when I must say, fortunately, uh, <laughs> that creates issues. Uh, but at the same time, that's I suppose what keeps me going, and and it will keep me going uh, despite what what may happen in the future. I have a new project coming up actually uh, next year which I'm very, very excited to be part of it. It's a, it's a collection of photographs taken in Spain for quite a big client uh, of various quite well-known landmarks in, uh, in different cities in Spain, which will be all shot on the analog uh, large format camera and the medium format camera. And hopefully, uh, once the project is concluded, that will be used in uh, 
a lot of different spaces uh, for the client. Uh, that is an uh, uh, exciting project for me because I've been always, my heart was always close to Spain, especially to the southern Spain. And luckily, I will have a chance to go back to what I always uh, loved, uh, which is flamenco. And when I say uh, loved, I've never been a flamenco dancer or singer, but uh, <laughs> I love to photograph flamenco. Uh, and uh, that, is, that is actually a very exciting project, which uh, I, only, uh, I was only introduced uh, uh, last week. So it's a great news for me. Cuba is a, is, a, is, a, is a project which I'm hoping uh, will develop in a two years project uh, and will find, will be concluded with a, with a book uh, and maybe uh, some exhibitions. And part of this, I've got some small other personal project, but uh, I suppose uh, uh, we don't have that much time to talk about them for another 45 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, it, it sounds like everything is, is just going full speed ahead for you right now. Everyone... If you're on the Frames Facebook page and little search bar there, you can just type in Wander Black. You're going to see some magnificent work. I really do encourage you to go to wanderblack.com. Look at the work there. Sir, this has been wonderful. This has been really illuminating. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Frames. Because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.